you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hi, this is Dan Hansis with the Around the NFL podcast. want to tell you about a new sponsor before we get going today, FanDuel.com. The NFL season isn't over yet. If your season-long fantasy football league just isn't cutting it, get your mojo back at FanDuel.com and pick a new team every week. So put your true fantasy football skills to the test. Oh, no, by the way, you can win real money at it, too. Joe Watson, Joe out there from New York, played fantasy football on FanDuel for less than two weeks last season and won over $30,000. Join him and the hundreds of thousands of other users who have already won that money. Uh, FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football leagues. Go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use the code AROUND and sign up now. That is around. New user specials ending soon. FanDuel will match your first deposit dollar up to 200 bucks. That's up to $200 free. Cash money. Offer is only good for the first 50 people that use the code around. Don't forget to use the code around. FanDuel.com, where every week is a new season. Sign up today. The Around the NFL podcast. Are who we thought they were. <laughs> we let them off the hook. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Wednesday show. Ow! Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, how's everything going? It's good. I'm excited. I like that money tag. That was a fun one. That was a good one. I liked it. Uh, we saw... I like it when, when Matt Money Smith, who voices our interest... He flexes his acting muscles a little bit. You know what I mean? Guy's a great talent. Matt Money Smith. Mark Sessler, I've noticed you told us that your wife watched one of our NFL Now videos and commented that we looked uh, almost a vagrant type characters. Well, not everyone. Uh, and now you come into work with what looks like a brand new collared shirt. Well, know? I was appearing on the NFL owned NFL Now channel this morning, <laughs> and you're forced to wear. <laughs> stuff that we don't wear on our NFL Now hits, which is which bordered between Dan and a zip-up sweatshirt. You looked like you were ready to rob something. I looked like a complete mess. I had my shirt button. I didn't even realize it you was unbuttoned. You looked like Elliot Harrison. I looked ridiculous. Hair not, flowing not making out of a comment there. on Elliot, but I looked ridiculous. Wesleyan, had, had a, you were in your beard stage with like a rumpled sweater on, and Greg, Greg looked fine. I, my I wife said wow. Greg looked fine. No, no I'm what serious. No, because Greg was a pretty lame-looking sweater. You were just in your normal clothing, but we were all, the three of us. You looked, guys look like garbage, boss. Well, you I'm including awesome. myself in that. We were, we were a mess. The boss looked very Simone good. Simone knows who cuts the checks. Yeah, I uh, like that. Uh, I do like that Mark wears the same shirt every week on NFL Now Day. I have one shirt that is <laughs> fitting for that assignment, and I will wear it every time. Speaking of NFL Now, we've got our own folder there, and we just taped mm. our special NFL Now only video. Every week. Every, three things to watch. Every week, every show. So like three times a week, we're taping now content that you can only see on NFL Now, which you can find at uh, NFL.com slash now. 
correct? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know that's or a your app or pretty whatever. nice device. Sessler's all over that. He's taping on it, doing news hits. In addition to this, so no wonder we might need to get you more shirts, Mark. You're doing the same amount that I am. Well, I'm just saying. You're thank v- you for you know you're highly visible. But Dan We're, reads the tea leaves here. One of us, their star is taking off, and that man is Mark Sessler. I got one shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start working on that. All right, so we got a nice, nice show today. Oh, before we before we get into the show, I just want to say I did. I was sitting on my couch uh, last night watching uh, Shark Tank with my wife. What a program, by the way, Shark Tank. I don't know, Wes, have you ever seen it? Never heard of it. Oh my, uh, Zach Dressler behind the glass. Have you ever seen Shark Tank? TD's I'm, not here today, by the way. I've watched one or two shows with Mark Cuban Ooh. and all those guys. What, what a program. What is it? Uh, you, listen, you could do a little research, but it's basically uh, these four sharks are big, rich investors. They Some people pitch ideas to them, and they decide whether to invest. Wait, it's not actually about ocean-going sharks? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Mark, that's not nearly as exciting then. Just give it a shot. Anyway, so I was watching that, but then I was clicking on iTunes. Uh, I wanted to check in on our review section because I know that we had made a passionate, some would call desperate or disgusting call for – some, you know, five-star action, some comments. And I'll tell you what, guys. I told you downstairs, you got to check this out. We have – our listenership is very, very witty bunch. Mm. Highly accurate. Some very nice things were written about us. But also <laughs> brought, some, brought some of the funny hammer. And we're banging me on very the Very organic. And I mean, I'm sure those would have showed up whether or not we <laughs> essentially demanded them. <laughs> but, no, thank you to everyone because there are people that put a lot of effort into it. And that was really nice to read. I read every one of them. And you guys should, too. What? We will. Or your, not, or your bad host. We will. Host. We'll read one of them on the show. Okay, we will. Coming up. It's not surprising at all that our listeners are witty. I mean, just by the tweets we get and all these accounts mm. they've created, our listeners are phenomenal. Brilliant people. All right, so let's get into the show. We have a Pandering lot, finished. A lot, of, a lot to get to today. Uh, Chris Weston, we're going to get into his latest top ten list. That will be fun. Uh, we have a Thursday night preview, huge Thursday night preview, a Thursday night game, I should say, the Dallas Cowboys trying to bounce back from that Thanksgiving um, struggle against the Eagles. Uh, but before any of that, there is Jack, uh, Zach Dressler behind the glass TD. I don't remember the last time we've seen TD behind the glass for a full show. It's 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 like he has senioritis or something, but he's not going anywhere. Uh, Zach Dressler, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, guys. How you doing? Good, good, good. I would like to do some news. Can we? Yes, I have to find that first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we start in Cleveland. This was the big announcement that was expected on Wednesday, and it did land early in the morning. Brian Hoyer or Johnny Manziel? It is Brian Hoyer. Mike Patton announces that they were they are sticking with their veteran passer over the rookie. Uh, this is the decision that was cited uh, on on Hoyer's ability to lead them to a seven and five record, and they think uh, that they should that Hoyer deserves to see this out. I think on Twitter and certainly uh, personally, this was disappointing to me. I was ready for the Johnny Manziel era, but at the same time, gentlemen, uh, I guess you can't really kill Mike Patton for this. It, it's not too um, crazy to leave Hoyer in for another week at least. I don't kill Petten for the decision because what it sounds like to me, and even hearing from players like Joe Thomas, that he went around the locker room and he spoke to all his coaches and basically didn't make the decision alone in a room. He used everyone on the team to come to a decision. I also don't think that it's a going forward thing. It's 
Hoyer's on the tightest leash he's ever been on in Cleveland. He, if he gets down early in the first quarter, I think he gets yanked. And I think he knows that. Yeah, but this, this is the most meaningful Browns game in at least seven years. You could argue even longer than that. You're a diehard. You've been going up and down with this team. You know, what was Who more? Who are you talking you, to? To Mark. Oh, to Mark okay. Sessler. <laughs> oh, okay. Wes, well, Wes has been going up and down, too. Every time the Browns win, he's pissed. And every time <laughs> they lose, he's dancing in the aisles. But what was your feeling here? Did I, you want to see the kid? Listen, as a Browns fan, I wanted Brian Hoyer to get another chance to mm, make right. Now, I, I understand that my viewpoint is, is more emotional. It's not tied to pro football focus and everything else. And I think actually it's that there's a couple different angles you can come from, but the coaching angle and the team angle also took into account that he's respected as a leader. They're not just going to completely end his season at this point. It's, it, Joe Thomas said, if you go to Manziel right now, it looks like we've cashed in on the season that we're looking towards next year. I think a lot of people disagree with that. That is but, not true, though. But that's why your Pro Bowl left tackle that? talking, not yeah, us. I don't understand why he would even say it, though, because going to Manziel, is, no one would see that as an admission of, that the season was over. Maybe Joe Thomas knows more. Well, I mean, the, the other, more you do hear these little things about the players talking about he doesn't know Just the playbook. Does Manziel have a good grasp, and I is he ready saw, to play? I, I, first of all, I wasn't nearly as disappointed by this decision as Dan was. I think Manziel outplayed Hoyer last week. And to me, Hoyer's been the worst quarterback in the NFL over the last three weeks. I see a competitive reason to go with Manziel, but I, I also see the locker room issue, as Mark said. And if if Hoyer didn't have all these last-minute victories – he wouldn't be starting this game. It's a reward for him. Yeah. And it just so happens they're seven and five instead of six and six because of those last minute wins. That's why he's starting. So I can see that. And and I would also say that everybody says nice guys don't finish first or whatever, finish last. Hoyer, a major reason he's still the quarterback is because he is so well liked in that locker room and everyone loves this guy. It's just something about his personality that the team is connected with, so they don't want to bail on him. So I get, I get it. And there was, I even saw some tweets of people saying, you know, Pettin should be fired for this. It's like that's ridiculous. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's ridiculous talk. Uh, but the other thing I will say is like you don't want to have too short a leash with Hoyer because then what's the point? It's like if you're going to stick with him, you got to like at least see this game out. I wouldn't think it would be fair to bench him in the second quarter. Either. Except that, as Greg said, if they lose this and that AFC, it's so packed right now if you go to seven and six it is essentially over they may have to pull out all the stops that they feel like Hoyer is completely off as he's right been. if he's tanking although I do have a thing I've heard a lot of that this week that the loser the Ravens Dolphins they're done or like the Browns they're it's like it's not like that two weeks later though they could be right back in it six losses does not put you out you lose a seventh game then you can say you're out every game feels like this do or die but we saw last week in the AFC North three teams lost so suddenly it really wasn't that big of a deal. I, six, I guess what I'm saying is the season's not over when you have your six loss. Six losses in a quarterback controversy, your season is over. Maybe. Six losses and they'll go to Manziel and, and we'll find out what happens at that point. It is a turning point for them. In our playoff picture, Cleveland is 7-5 and five and not even on the screen. Because <laughs> they lose every tiebreaker to every one of those other teams. They need to win. And this is a, this is a, they couldn't have drawn the Colts at a worse time. Chris thinks the Colts are better now than they were earlier in the Offensively, season. Offensively, they are. Yeah. I, there's no doubt in my mind they're better I now. I think their pass of... protection's bad. They don't have a mod Bradshaw. Their defense is lame overall. I, I guess I don't see it. When they played the good teams, they got killed. All right. So we talked about the Browns quarterback situation. Let's talk about the AFC North. The Steelers quarterback situation. Big Ben got whacked on the wrist by Curtis Lofton of the Saints on Sunday there was a report out there that he might have a, a fracture in that wrist, but Roethlisberger debunked that. 
on Wednesday, said there is, quote, absolutely nothing wrong with my wrist. So he's going to be on the field. I don't think this surprises anyone on Sunday. You want to talk about must wins. The Steelers cannot afford to lose. They need to basically run the table, and it's going to be a tough task going to Cincy on Sunday. Your thoughts, gentlemen. Greg picked uh, Steelers as his confident call this week. <laughs> that is our new uh, pick segment, which is a video. It's also up on the site, our weekly picks. You can find it there. I took it just because I don't think Big Ben's going to play his two worst games of the season in a row, although knowing that there's talk about a wrist injury, you obviously wonder and worry, was that a big factor in why he kept and sailing passes? I don't week. think it was. He, he was sailing passes before he hurt the wrist, but he definitely was off all game. And the one thing... Also, I'll say that he is not. He threw 12 touchdowns in those two games. He has not been nearly the same. You cannot be that guy every week, but he has not been as good the last three weeks or so. So I would say that this is going to be very interesting. They need him to carry them right now, and dealing with a bad wrist potentially is not going to make it easier. I look at Cincinnati, and they've been strong of late, and that to me tells me that that's going to come back around and they're due for a stinker. <laughs> and Pittsburgh's been the opposite. And they're streaky, and they're about to get hot. And I just, I've just i never liked Cincinnati and Andy Dalton inside his own division. A- outside of Brandon Whedon, Andy Dalton had the worst interdivision record for the past like four or five years or something. He just has not been able to win games in the AFC North. And, and I look at Pittsburgh as a team that's going to win this thing convincingly. Ooh, mm, he's tasty. confident, too. Little tease ahead of our Thursday preview show. I mean, this is a Bengals team that was very lucky to get out of Tampa with a win, too. I mean, it, it's played better of late, but I don't think their defense is as good as it used to be. I don't think Andy Dalton is any good. What was that uh, stat, Wes, speaking of the Steelers, that you had about Antonio Brown this season and the Chiefs wideouts? Antonio Brown has more receptions, and I believe yards and touchdowns, definitely more touchdowns, than the entire Chiefs wide receiver core put together seems like a potential spot for upgrade for the chiefs in the offseason gonna go out <laughs> on a limb there uh moving on this is about the colts we were talking about that colts browns game that will be their running back trent richardson uh will be facing the browns for the first time since cleveland traded him for a first round pick last october and richardson who we know and wes you wrote a piece on Tuesday about him. We did another piece today. How bad he's been, especially of late. He's averaging just two yards per carry over the past three weeks, and he's averaged just a touch over three yards a carry his entire Colts career, which is now uh, spanned over well over uh, a season, maybe a season and a half. But he came out with some big words on Wednesday during a conference call with Cleveland reporters. Uh, he said that uh, they gave up on me, referring to the Browns. I'm going to go into this game like it's my last one. He also added a lot of people are saying he's a mistake, he's this, he's that. Well, watch these next four weeks because it ain't like I've been playing bad football. He's been playing bad football, right? The worst. Like, right. I mean, the worst running back in the like NFL. The definition of bad football, right? Like where is Boom? Where did Boom Heron come from? The Bucks practice squad or something? He was a sixth-round draft pick, I think originally by the Bengals. But my, I, I think it was – I think he was from a practice squad. Essentially, a guy that they picked up off the, off, street. off the street is undoubtedly a better player than him, has more juice, breaks some tackles. Everyone, everyone they plugged into that backfield with Richardson in the year and a half he's been there has been better than him, and it hasn't even been close. He averages 3.1 yards per carry in a Colts uniform. Every other running back who's played for the Colts over that time averages more than 4.7. And I, I'd say this. If you, well, need, if you need this Browns <laughs> matchup to suddenly – light a fire under you and want to prove a point. Well, you should have wanted to prove a point 
14 months ago when people were doubting you. Secondly, how about you wow. ask your own Colts front office if they if a team called up and said, hey, we'll give you a first-round pick <laughs> for Trent Richardson. You think that Ryan Grigson wouldn't do that in a second? Well, I, I mean, take a fourth. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. At the time, the trade seemed probably in the Browns' favor, but Richardson was – Cleveland was getting absolutely lashed for it. I lashed the Browns, and I was dead wrong. Yeah, so, I mean, at the time, it didn't seem like a bad deal, and – you know, I guess it's just a situation where you said you maybe you should have always been like this. I get where he's coming from, though. I mean, it's a personal motivation thing, and he's he wants to prove that team wrong. I think he realizes that maybe his, his career could be getting into a little bit of a danger zone here. He's been bad for a long time. He's getting piled on with criticism. He needs to start playing better. In his defense, he wasn't the slowest player on the field every game this season, but he had a hamstring injury three or four weeks ago. And he hasn't been playing fast through that injury. So he went from being subpar to being putrid. There is one scenario that any Browns fan is picturing, which is Trent Richardson finally having that big breakout game in Cleveland <laughs> Stadium to end the Browns season and putting a cap on it when Josh Cribbs runs a kickback 108 yards to absolutely end, send Cleveland into a nuclear winner. That, would, mean, that would be some factory of sadness. Though. I want to say this about Josh Cribbs. The Browns had a chance to sign him. He wanted to go back there. From what I've seen the last two weeks, his first two weeks in Colts uniform, he might be the best returner in the league again. Wow. He's got juice in his legs. All right, moving on. We we have the Monday night football game that occurred, the Jets and Dolphins. One of the uh, tougher watches, especially if you're a Jets fan, I must say. A 16-13 win for the Dolphins where the Jets blew a 10-0 lead and lost despite rushing for almost 300 yards. I thought it was delightful. I'm not kidding. Oh, I bet you did. No, not because I don't like the Jets, just because it was unique in its badness. I mean, it was a very memorable, close, uh, a lot of crazy things happened, block punts, you know, you fumble. You can tell that Greg really loves the sport more than the rest of us because <laughs> what is he talking about? he's like a mother with bad with a bad <laughs> child just making excuses for it, was, it just loving it. It was in a memorably bad. You love each game of football in a different way. It wasn't even a blocked punt. It was deflected. Or Come whatever. Let's not go crazy about the blocked block punts. It was more about the fact that, the as I know you're going to talk about, that the Jets refused to pass the ball, but the, the yeah, it was just a crazy game. All right. I liked it. I, I bet you did because then you get to, on Sunday, get to cozy up under a blanket and watch the Patriots play <laughs> precise, beautiful football. This is what I deal <laughs> with every a week. Blanket in anyway, the anyway, so yes, Geno Smith returned to the starting lineup and had eight pass attempts through 58 minutes, which is pretty hard to fathom in the year 2014. He finished 7 of 13 with 65 yards and the most obvious a game-clinching game clinching game. Uh, dooming interception you could have ever imagined. I don't think anyone was surprised when that happened. Um, afterward, I tweeted at you, Wes, because I wondered if uh, the Jets' – at one point they ran uh, 14 consecutive times in the first half and 23, 23 and out of 24 That's rushes. Crazy. And they were, it was working. They gave him the Chris Winkie treatment. Yeah, it was working. <laughs> I mean, they ran for over 200 yards in the first half alone. Uh, but it made me wonder if, if – and this is what we heard the reports that John Idzik had basically – uh, threw up the stop sign on Michael Vick staying in the lineup and basically p- forced it on Rex to put Geno back in if this was Rex exhibiting whatever control he had left to say, okay, you could pick the quarterback, but I'll decide and pick the plays and essentially not let Geno throw the ball because that's what it felt like to me. That's what it definitely was. It's Rex's la- Rex is gone, we all know it. It's his last chance to kind of give a big F you to the GM. And by the way, if, if you saw every, awesome. every Rex Ryan press conference is kind of a bummer now, but... After Monday night's game, he was maybe more down. It was because he knew he almost pulled it off. He almost won that game, 
and stuck it to Idzik and everyone else uh, that were going to be on him. And he saw it slipped away. And, of course, Gino, when he had to lean on him, had no choice, is the guy that let him down. So you can only imagine the frustration that's boiling in Rex that everything, every button he pushes, it just doesn't work out. This time he did and everything was and he still couldn't win. You know how we know Rex Ryan's a liar? How? Look at the schism between the front office and Rex Ryan just this week alone. The front office goes out, buys Eric Decker, buys Percy Harvin, drafts Geno Smith, drafts Ooh. Jason Morrow, gives Jeremy Curley an extension. Five major weapons in the passing game. Rex Ryan just refuses to use any of them. Yeah. And, and we saw Eric Decker's wife, the country star of some kind, a reality star, said Eric has told TMZ that Eric is depressed. Being on this, I'd be depressed too, but I, I, I'll say it again. That this is a, I tweeted to Jets fans after the game. This is a blessing in disguise. Let's get that top pick or let's get near that top pick and you get a quarterback and everything could change because there's some weapons in place. Yeah, that's, that'll that'll, be, I that'll saw be easy. You, Just get a quarterback. I Di- saw you tweet that. It up. And it's like that's not – necessarily going to be a one, two, three thing. You could need to draft seven more quarterbacks before you hit. But (laughs) my thing would be if you're Eric Decker, yeah, you went out and you tried to make a lot of money and that's what you did. But if you're going to go into a quarterback situation that's a complete potential mirage, you're going to pay the price. Mm. You're not going to have production like you had in Denver. Sure. He took the money. I can't necessarily blame him. But, hey, listen, through two weeks, we all thought he was in a great spot. Just the season has spiraled. If there's one positive thing going for the Jets these days, it's that, you know, last night I turned on a little game rewind watching a game, and my daughter asks, she says, where are the Jets? Where's <laughs> oh, Percy right. Harvin? She, she's she becoming a Jets fan and her favorite player. Save Percy. her. Save her while you can. Poor Percy girl. Harvin. That's crazy to me. <laughs> You're not going to direct her I, in a, in a – Probably won't be there next well, year. She's, only, she's not even four. So right. I don't as soon think as she, she really can think critically, it. you're going to steer her towards New England. We know that. <laughs> she, was, she just wanted to know, where are the Jets? I want to watch the Jets. She, she's big, big Well, she has fan. childlike innocence, and that would take you towards <laughs> oh, a nice team like the Jets. Yeah, sure they are. All right, so let's move on. Wes, you uh, – every week, those great great people at Lenovo, what products they make over there at the uh, Lovano, Lenovo uh, headquarters, uh, wherever they are. They have, they sponsor our position power rankings, and Wes every week does a, a list. Sometimes it's not really a power ranking, but it is a top ten list. And this week it is the 2015 top ten free agents. Uh, Wes wonders who will be on the market, and uh, we'll take a quick look at, look at his list here. Right off the top, we'll start with Dominican Sue, the Lions defensive tackle at number one, Justin Houston, Chiefs pass rusher at two, and Des Bryant. Cowboys wide receiver at three. Thoughts, gentlemen? If you want one of these players, the only one you're going to get is Ndamukong Sue. Hmm. Because the Chiefs aren't going to let Justin Houston go. The Cowboys aren't going to let Des Bryant go. These teams have a chance at the franchise, franchise tag, but it would cost the Lions nearly $27 million to wield the tag on Sue. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport has reported since going back to the summer, that the Lions are perfectly willing to let him test free agency. I look at this list, and these are ten. These are the ten best players who will become free agents in theory, but very few of them, I think, will will switch teams. Well, Sue is a good candidate, and that is such an interesting. When have we seen a top five defensive player hit free agency right in the middle of his prime? And and I think it's because the Lions really have to make a choice: can we continue to pay Stafford, Megatron, and Sue that much? You know, and and unless they're going to cut he's, Stafford, they got to let go of one. Did they mismanage the situation yes. with him? 
He is, owns every every slice of leverage in this whole thing. They they really got jobbed by getting their top picks at the time that they did before the new CBA, and that they all the ones that they hit on were right then. Stafford, Megatron, and Sue. They were almost getting punished for making good picks. Hmm. All right, here's the here's the rest of the list. Demarius Thomas at four, Darrell Rivas at five, Julius Thomas at six, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Upati is that the Upati per- Upati at seven, Demarco Murray at eight, JPP at nine, and Randall Cobb at ten. I think it's really interesting that there's two sets of teammates here. So Murray and Bryant, you can use the franchise tag on one, you can't use them on both. So that means maybe Murray gets out there. I well, mean, and we've if- heard that that is what they. Will do, potentially. And, and you have the two Thomas, Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas. I don't know if they can afford to pay both oh, the I going think, rate. I think they will. I don't think there's any chance one of the Thomases leaves. Mm. Murray's the interesting one to me, and here's why. They're using him up this year with the workload, and they know his injury history. And we had the offseason story of Adrian Peterson just dialing yep. up Jerry Jones and saying, I want to finish my career with the Cowboys. Peterson, good chance he'll be available. Jarrah Jarrah is predictable, let's face it. I mean, that's why when we did the sandwich bets before the draft, I I went all in on Manziel because I thought it was such a Jerry Jones move, and sure enough, he wanted to do it. But this is a move where it would make sense because they would probably get him on a little bit of a discount considering everything that's happened, and you probably can't sign both Murray and Dez. So there's some logic to this one. I would imagine he would make a hard push if he was available. I look at Darrell Rivas, and I think we know that from now until the end of days, he will sign one-year lucrative contracts with teams and never be on the same team twice. Well, yeah, you, you mentioned it's going to be tough to get most of these players, and you're right, but he he is one that that will be available. We know that. and He, he plays for money. And That's he, it. And he's been great this year. I mean, he's a top-five cornerback. I think he it's he and Sherman. Sure. Those two are the best. And then your boy Xavier Rhodes over the last month. <laughs> Woo! I like it. We hit one on making the leap. That was Kevin Patrick's one pick. By the way, at the honorable mention, this is the biggest shock on the list. Brian Hoyer makes an appearance in the last name. Oh, I gotta throw good job by U.S. Jabal Sheard's like right next to him, too, throwing Browns fans a bone. The number one guy on that honorable mention list is very interesting, Greg Hardy, who we haven't talked about in forever because of his legal problems. But if you're just talking about pure talent and with the impact he could have. He'd I mean, be in the top five or six. He's get him too, Jerry or... Jones. Bring everyone with a legal issue in <laughs> and get stronger. My favorite aspect of this article is that the sentence written with a Chris Wessling byline says, every week Chris Wessling will roll out his power rankings. Goes third person right off the bat. Chris <laughs> Wessling. For the, record, wow. for the record, I didn't do that. Where is that? Why is that? <laughs> it's the first sentence. I, I stopped using that it means- as an intro, and the desk put it in there. It needs to be italicized. I'm going to, you know, I should have seen this already. I mean. Can't believe Mark Ingram's not higher on your list, Wes. And here's the guy that um, I have a bit of a sessler about, uh, C.J. Spiller bouncing back next year in a better situation than Buffalo. I agree on both of those. Mark Ingram, running backs don't get paid. We did an offseason article that they get paid like punters and kickers now. C.J. Spiller, though, is interesting to me. I, I could see him going to a team that knows how to use him and having a dynamite season next year. You know, people don't use dynamite enough anymore. Dynamite! Gangbusters. Kudos. Gangbusters, Damashek's really brought that back into uh, the culture a little bit, but dynamite, <laughs> under the radar. Damashek alone brought that yeah. word into I our culture. I noticed I didn't say mainstream, okay. because that would be pushing a little bit, but just, he, he nudged it back in. It's just J.J. Walker and I with the dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what? I can always count on West to drop in a 1970s pop yeah, culture reference. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> got it out of the way. Hey, someone's got to appeal to our 50- and 60-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's out there, you got your dynamite reference. Uh, all right, so that is Wes's list. Mark, did you have anything else you wanted to add there? Oh, just a pristine list. Excellent job, as always, Chris Wessling. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> all right, let's talk about uh, – I'm failed to mention this at the top of the show, but we wanted to touch on the playoff pictures because, by the way, the only thing uh, Greg Rosenthal loves more than bad football and then saying it's good football is he loves talking playoff pictures. Oh, yeah. This guy's a junkie for, you know, in the Christmas story when the old man was the turkey junkie? Greg is the old playoff picture junkie. He loves permutations and who's moving up, who's moving down, who's got the tiebreakers. You got a Jones in for it, don't you, Greg? I do. We're still a little far out here, four weeks. I mean, we can talk big picture, but I really like it when it gets two weeks left and you can you hear start his voice. breaking so, it By out. the way, nobody's a scientist on this podcast more than Greg Rosenthal talking playoff <laughs> pictures. Wow. Got lots of playoff <laughs> pictures. I wish I loved anything in my life the, more, the way that Greg loves the playoff picture. As much as Matthew Stafford loves a sidearm pass. Let's, let's start with the AFC. You'll take a look at it because this is, this is the wild, um, really wild setup here. Much like in our picks, we have a four-way tie for first place, and Wes is just watching it, you know, from the outside. I I gave up. I threw in the towel. I'm ready to turn to Johnny Manziel. Oh, you're talking about our picks or just the football season in general our, watching from the outside? Well, that too because he doesn't have a team. Well, that's what I'm talking about. He's an about. outsider. If you, he's a bad boy. He's you're got a you're Bruce Banner. I'm a you bad need, man. You need a motorcycle. Keep your daughters and wives away from me. <laughs> so it's very tightly packed. Uh, in the AFC, like it is in our picks. That was the analogy I was drawing there in a very skilled manner. The Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, and Cleveland Browns are all 7-5 and five, uh, right now. Uh, so let's just start with those, those five 7-5 and five teams. Uh, Greg, uh, why don't you dig in right now and tell me which one of these teams is in the worst position right now? Bills, because they play the three best teams in the league. The yes. Packers the Patriots, and the Broncos. And I just don't see Buffalo winning any of those. And even if they won one of those, I mean, that they would still Wait, not have that much wiggle room. You have to count on Kyle Orton to beat Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. Be two out of three for them to have a legitimate <laughs> chance. So that's I would say they're in the worst position. And sadly, I think the Browns are in the next worst position. And Mark, you alluded to it. They don't have any tiebreaker help, so they almost have to win out, right? Yeah, they're not in a great spot. There's no question that they, they can't. You know, Greg, Greg mentioned before that it's okay if they lose this week and maybe the next. Well, it's not. I know you're not saying that, All but I'm with saying Cleveland, is, it's not. Everyone's saying do or die. Right. Seven losses is do or die. They could, if they win, let's say they just lost and then they won three straight, they'd have a decent chance of making the playoffs. The team I look at real quick that, that I'd be concerned with, A, because of the way they played over the last two weeks, you drop a game to Oakland and you get bombed by the Broncos is Kansas City. You have to go on the road and beat the Cardinals, which is another up-and-down team, no question. But if you ever lost that, you got to come back game against the Raiders, and then you have the Steelers and Chargers to close the season. And on the road I'm in Pittsburgh, you. I just I don't look at the, at the Chiefs right now as a team that's getting better. I think they've started to become exposed week to week, and I don't love their schedule. You know, I, the team that jumps out to me is the Dolphins. I, I, got a, I got a feeling, a bit of a sessor, that we're going to see that similar Dolphins swoon in December. I know Tannehill's better, but I really hated the way they played on Monday. I hated that. That was a game they needed, and they only won because the Jets were the Jets in the most Jetsy way possible. They had no right winning that game. I know they played well against Denver the week before, but I'm not really too excited about them. I'm almost I'm, 
I'm very confident that the the Bengals will probably win that North Division. Ugh. I'm ultra confident that the Ravens will get one of those wild card spots. So, so to <clears> me, it's really, you know, Dolphins, Steelers. I have a Sessler. What's yours? That the Bengals are not winning that division. Up one and a half with four to play. They would definitely have to go one and three I think they to get blow s- it. I have a Sessler. They get swept by the Steelers. They have to play the Steelers twice. Dressler missing a lot yeah. of opportunities to drop some Sesslers. Well, almost right too now. many. I don't know where these things exist. If you look at this board, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's a mess. You poor, know what? Poor I don't know what I'm even looking at. It's not his fault. He, got, he gets dropped in I here like at the it. last yeah. second. I like it because TD, if you read between the lines, you read those tea leaves, mm. TD is not putting Dressler in the place where he could succeed. Well, TD walked in, he poor put, coach. put on the headphones, said, I hey, fellas, like I've got to go to the doctor. And he walked right out, and he just leaves poor Zach sitting there. You're doing the best you can. I feel like E.J. Manuel the Bills. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> well, you don't want to be him. No, but I feel like someone's going to put Kyle Orton in for me. Uh, you know, out of nowhere, <laughs> coming out of retirement. Uh, there he is right behind you. <laughs> there he is. Yes. Rob Crowder. Rob Crowder pointing to himself. I like that. Uh, anyway, so just ima- if you're a listener, imagine the Sessler music in the background. Uh, also to watch in this AFC is the battle for the buys. I mean, we figure the battle Bengals are going to. We figure the Bengals what are going to drop out. You, you think the Broncos and Patriots are just going to win the rest of the way? They're a lock. Yes, they're a lock to win for the game. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? They're a lock to get the nice buy. try, Greg. Yeah. Every Greg. show, Stop. every show. Stop it with this. I'm not talking about the. I'm. I don't know which team or whatever. You guys all think I hate it when people are. By the way, say. Oh, well, now they don't control their destiny. They're in trouble. Yeah, like any of these teams are going to win four straight. We just could come up with reasons why the Dolphins are going to lose a lot. The Chargers will. The Chiefs will. The Bills will. You know, the Rays, right. some teams have tough So schedules. let's come up with some reasons why the Broncos and Patriots are going to go in the tank. They're not. They're going to take I'm not those saying they're going to go in the tank, but they're only one game up here on the Colts. All right, we'll, we'll give so them They're so much advice. better, though, okay. than those teams. I don't know. I guess I'm really – I was poisoned <laughs> nice with the Colts. Sure. Yeah, that Patriots game, by the way, when the Patriots went to Indy, and wiped out the Colts to me. I was like, oh, the Colts beat up on bad teams, and they're going to okay. get smacked in the mouth in January. I don't know. I don't see it. Colts are 33-62 and 62 against teams under 500, and I believe – or no, teams they've beaten have gone 33-62 and 62 this year. Teams that beat the Colts have gone 34-14. and 14. Hmm. All right, before we go to the NFC then, why don't we all pick who are the final two uh, playoff teams? Nice, Greg. I like that. Or, you know, or, or you, I guess you got to pick your AFC North winner and you pick the final two wild cards. I'll go first. Since I'm going to stick with my preseason, which had the Ravens and the Steelers going in, I'll stick with the Steelers as a division winner since that's what I had before. And then I'll have, uh, I guess, the Dolphins and Bengals as, the, as my last two. Should we? Wait, do that doesn't make sense. That's too many teams. Bang, I guess three. <laughs> you three, just picked four teams. Three Wait, this AFC is your North, domain, Greg. Come on. Three AFC North teams go in then. Bengals wow. Wow. So Steelers, Bengals, and Ravens. And Ravens. Uh, by the way, we, whoever hits this doesn't have to pay for dinner next time we all go out together. Right. If you hit all three. Oh, look at that. Z yeah, Z there he is. Oh. Jessler. The bounce back. See Drizzle. Sessler. Now there's steaks involved. All right, well, I picked the Steelers steak. to Literally. go to the Super Bowl. You have so. to eat a steak if you lose this. Not happening. <laughs> I picked the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl, so I'm sticking with them as my AFC North winner. Okay. And I'm going to go with two other AFC North teams, the Ravens wow. and the Browns. Yeah, all right. Ooh, no, the sorry, Browns. sorry. No, no. I, that's that's outrageous. The Bengals and the Browns. Oh. Bengals and the Browns. Yep. Good for you. I well, am going with heart, not logic. That I did love not it. come I from, like from, that from you football did that. focus. I like that you did that. 
Uh, I'll just get mine out of the way since we're all just waiting for Wes. Look at that brain. You can see it all. It's permutating. There's numbers ahead of him this ahead of over here. his head. Uh, I, got a, I got the Bengals winning that North Division. I got the Ravens taking uh, a wild card, the five seed. And, jeez, screw the Dolphins. The Chiefs get the six seed and away wow. we go. I like it. No Wes? faith in the Steelers there. No, forget the Steelers. Well, I've already predicted on this show that the Steelers are going to sweep the Bengals the rest of the way. So give the Steelers the AFC North. Mm. The Ravens are the next best team in the conference. So putting them in, and I agree with Dan, the Chiefs have the easiest schedule the rest of the mm. way. You guys, are, all right. you, you guys are amazing to me. We've all talked about just on Sunday how the Steelers cannot be trusted. And three of you guys, all three of you, picked the Steelers to win that division. I, don't, I can't trust them, but Sessler's – involve just a into intuition mm, very true very true so yeah so we'll i'll hold on to these uh in summation west steelers ravens chiefs i had Bengals, ravens chiefs uh mark you had steelers Bengals, browns and greg you had steelers Bengals, ravens let's move to the nfc let's do it where the uh situation there isn't quite quite as dramatic but we have the Eagles at nine and three, the Cowboys at eight and four, the Packers at nine and three, the Lions at eight and four. Uh, forget about the NFC South, and then in the West, it's it's very interesting. Obviously, you have the Cardinals nine and three, Seahawks eight and four, Niners seven and five. Gentlemen, of those teams I just named, who is most likely to fall by the wayside? I'm going Arizona. They are the first seed right now. Mm. I think within a week or two, they are not even in that top two seed scenario. And then a week or two after that, they're not the NFC West champion, and they won't even be a wild card. Wow. That would be painful. Wait, you're saying 9-7? and It's seven? going to be painful. They're going to fall out. Free fall I, out it, it into could be nothing? Ten, it could, or it could be 10-6 and six and lose a tiebreaker or two. The thing is, they did beat Dallas and Detroit, so it is tough. They almost need to go 9-7, and seven, but I'm going bold. I think they missed the playoffs. Wow. What do you guys think? Who's uh, who's dropping out of that list of teams? I've been saying Cowboys and 49ers for a while now, and now it's looking good after that Thanksgiving meltdown. I, I haven't thought that the 49ers were quite a playoff team, and their schedule the rest of the way is rough, and I don't think Dallas wins any of their tough games left. That's at Philly. They have Indianapolis. That would put them at six losses. This, this team's this team's a lot. I mean, it's not a bad team, but it's not a team that I think is going to beat any other good teams. I'm the Cowboys? They have one decent win all year. Against the Seahawks. Yeah, that's it. Everyone else they've beaten has been an also-ran. Basically. Yeah, or a tomato can. Rams was probably their next best What do they win. have and left? That was when Austin <laughs> Davis. Th- their schedule isn't We can't that. laugh at the Rams. The Rams are the best 5-7 and seven team ever. It was, a while. it was early in the season before know, their defense was great. The Cowboys have a fairly favorable schedule. They have uh, the Thursday night game we're about to talk about. Then they have the Wait, Redskins Wait, let, let's play later. win-loss. I'll be the win-loss guy because I'm okay. the Cowboys. All right, go ahead. Chicago. At Chicago on Thursday. Nine and six. At Philly. Mm, nine and seven. Oh, excuse me. Uh, what, wait, what's the record now? Eight and four. Sorry. So <laughs> they're nine and five after that game. I should have noticed some yeah. of that. Uh, well, no. If they won Chicago, they would have a ninth win, and then yeah. they would be right, nine and five. So, uh, versus you. Indianapolis. Ten and five. Oh, just give them a loss there. What? At, I, they're I, at home. I got them getting swept by the Eagles already. So at Washington, oh, they're going to go eleven and five. They'll be okay. There you go. And then they bump the Cardinals out. Dan and I in perfect unison. I've Ow! got the Cowboys losing to the Bears. Whoa! Losing to the Colts. Losing to the Eagles. <laughs> and then beating the Redskins. 
Yeah, I like that kind of party. All yeah. right, all right, okay. So you got all right. I, Based I, on Wes's picks this year, they'll go three and one. Touche. Bunsen burner blowtorch. Uh, I think the Lions are going to do the Lion thing. I think they're going to. They've got nine such and seven. An easy schedule. I know, but that doesn't matter with this franchise. They're one of those teams that they'll just they'll play down they've to their competition a, and get beat a couple. They got times. a whole new regime in there. Uh, still Th- the this Lions. Is, this is the era of unbridled Golden Tate. They do need to avoid – if they can just avoid a real stinker of a loss, they can totally afford to lose in Green Bay in week When's the last time 17? they have avoided – I know it's a different regime, but when's the last time they lost – they avoided a stinker loss yeah. in December when, when it mattered? Wait, this is I'm their just schedule. just not ready to get in yet. It's Bucks, Vikings, Bears. But at Packers. Chicago, maybe you lose one of those division games, Vikings. When's the last time the Cowboys didn't choke away their season right. at the end of – I know. It's fair. It's well, fair. you got a double standard working here. A little bit. A little bit. No, but not everything I that happened tells us what's going to happen. Like no, I, I mean, I guess maybe I, I like the Cowboys a lot better as a team. I like Romo better than I like Stafford. It'd be more like fun. I'd Murray rather better. see the Cowboys in than the Lions. Like, I'd the much rather see the Lions. I think that'd be awesome. Um, all right, so let's. You want to do the same thing again? Pick who doesn't pick make it. it. Yeah, let's pick it. So, uh, all right, Mark, you go with. Uh, your two wild card teams. Is there a division? In, are we going to get excited about the North being wide open? Well, I'll no. say, you know, I think we we're all going to take the Packers. Okay, so let's talk about who's we're your all NFC West all four winner. Of the same teams, aren't we, to win You're, the divisions? I'm well, taking the Seahawks no, to win. Pick your NFC West winner and then the two wild cards. Everybody's picking the Seahawks. Really? We're At all this, picking the Saints. I'm we're picking all the picking Seahawks. the Packers. And we're all picking the Eagles, aren't we? That's true. Let's and then see. my final two teams. I do think the Cardinals get in, and I think the Lions are the last team to get in with them. I go Cowboys and Lions as my wild card teams. All right, hang on a second. Greg, you said By the what? way, you were mocking me for putting the Cardinals in the playoffs in the top five in the preseason Power Bowl. That one's looking good right The now. Cardinals? Who are you yeah. talking to? Have you watched yeah, West? Greg is pointing to West for those of you well, listening. Are they going to make it just because you put them in? Well, they're, <laughs> right, they're doing Mark well. has them losing every game the rest of the Mark, year. Mark, what was your pick? Your picks were Seahawks. Who else? Seahawks win that division, <laughs> yeah. and I have Cowboys and Lions. Edging the Cardinals to get into the wild card. Okay, Wes, who are your two wild cards? I've got the Lions, and I guess the Cardinals built such a lead that they'll probably get in. Mm. Cowboys uh, don't make it. 49ers don't make it. You know what? Those I, are mine, too. I am going to say I've got to pick the Cardinals to make it. I think they'll sneak in as a wild card. And uh, put, put in the, the Cowboys. Cowboys and the Cowboys. So there you go. Dan goes hero division pick. So here we go. Uh, yeah, sure. All right. All right. So we all. Yeah. So for wild card of the NFC, I have cards. Cowboys. Wes has Lions cards. Mark has Cowboys Lions and Greg has Cardinals Lions. So that will be uh, for another steak dinner, potentially for Sosa. Mm. <laughs> a lot of meat. For, a lot of meat for the Mark. Meat great... for the Mark. What? That's that, not going to catch on. That well. could be a whole <laughs> new segment. Try to convince vegetarian Mark Ooh, Sessler. Meat market, but you spell it with a C. <laughs> meat, meat Marseille. Ooh, Marseille. Uh, all right. <laughs> Thursday night preview, our last thing we'll get to before we get out of here. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys and Chicago Bears play at Soldier Field in prime time. Uh, the, the Cowboys stinker on Thanksgiving, which really uh, – I think shook a lot of people's faith whether this is a team that's going to make the playoffs or do another Cowboys thing. So pr- predictably, this week has been all about what is going to happen to the Cowboys. Is it going to happen to them again, and they're going to go eight and eight, or some or a missed playoff, something bad? Judy Batista has a big feature up where she writes about Tony Romo. What was it? The five faces of Tony Romo. Oh yeah. 
Hubba hubba. So uh, let's talk about this game. Wes, we'll start with you because I think you already made your pick. You think the Chicago Bears are going to knock off the Cowboys mm. and send Big D into panic mode. Let me defend this hero. Do we know it's going to be a Is it a hero, hero pick? Well, Mark, are you going to take the Cowboys or the Bears? I don't know yet. <laughs> I'll take the Cowboys for sure. I know I'm taking them. You know who I'm taking. All right, Wes, let's uh, assume it's a hero. Defend your hero. Well, we just talked about this. The Cowboys have beaten one good team all year, the Seahawks. They've just beat up on tomato cans. The Bears are tomato cans, but surprisingly have not allowed a 100-yard rusher all year. They defend the runs because well. That's because you can just throw on them all day or something. Well, what do the Cowboys like to do? Sure. Run. They also – the Cowboys have a defense that over the last six games is giving up 50 more points in, or five more points and 50 more yards. Their defense is not nearly what it was early in the season. I think the Bears pull off this upset. Tony Romo – for all the attention Peyton Manning gets about cold weather, Romo, a bad cold weather quarterback. Yeah, I'm looking at our uh, preview on the site written by Connor Orr this week. Romo is 2-5 and five with a 60% completion rate in games played under 40 degrees. So. Well, that's Romo's also been on different Cowboys teams that have not had the line this team has. I, I, I love everyone selling Dallas down the river at this point, and that's fine. You know, the Bears a year ago, this was the Josh McCown game, if I recall, where he went off and everyone thought Tressman could take anyone and turn them into a starting quarterback, and he did. He got Josh McCown a big free agent deal, and we've seen where that's gone. Now, the Bears one year later are a complete mess. I think they are a team that's not responding to coaching, and they've gotten very little to play for. There's discord in the locker room. Dallas, you want to look at one Thanksgiving game and say it's over for them, that's fine. I'll tell you what, they're going to win this game, and they're going to win it easy. Mm, I like yeah, that. I, I agree. We've talked about the Rams as the best – the five and seven team the bears are the worst five and seven team in the nfl Ooh. how did this team win five games i mean when you watch them they're terrible i mean they're just terrible everything about them i is feel terrible. like they're oh and 13 i i i feel like they lose every week they just have that they're a loser <laughs> team right now but they're like, depressing their wins are also very not impressive if you look at the teams they've beaten the way that they've beaten them they're, they're lucky that they even got to five wins their defense is Dan, so they wake up every monday morning with a Jay Cutler hangover. They lose every week. <laughs> Very bad. By the way, back to the Cowboys. I wrote a post on Des Bryant yesterday. They asked him because he says, he says this season's different for the Cowboys. And then someone asked a smart question, well, do you have any actual like reason why this season will be different for Dallas? His quote was kind of interesting. Our approach, everybody wants to get better just by the little things, not making the cold weather a big issue. Just go out there and understand what's important. That's the opportunity that we have to go out and make the playoffs. It's like a bunch of cliches, and then out of, out of nowhere, don't be afraid of cold weather. It's like, what? Right. Where did that come from? That's not good. That's Easily not... impressed by the coach's message. Uh, I just I didn't realize that the, that cold weather was something that was holding this franchise well, back. May, maybe it is, and maybe that's trouble on Thursday. Maybe I'll change my pick here. Can we – Go ahead, change do it. it. I'd do love it. for Go. you to do that. No, you can't change into a hero. Can we Can we mm. give Matt Forte the ball here a little bit too, this Cowboys run defense? It's like Matt Forte never gets the ball. He's one of the greatest running backs of the last 10 years. Well, they tried to. Give uh, him the ball. They tried to last game, and they can't run the ball very well. They're not, they're not a good team this year on offense. I, I found it very troubling when, when the Cowboys had to get into a mode where they had to throw last week. It's just like, they're not that team. We, we don't know what to do. We're just built to do one thing. We're it just going to run that. That's I think it. There's, there's something to point. that. We are robots. All year, I think from training camp on, they're training to be a running team, and the only thing that works in the passing game is throwing the ball up for grabs to Des Bryant. If they're trained to do one thing, that's one thing more than the Bears. Ow! Go for <laughs> it. All right. Well, give Mark the final word there. 
so that's our uh, preview, and that's our podcast. That is Wednesday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We'll be back on Thursday night. We're going to recap this game that we just talked about and also do a preview of all our Sunday content. And, you know, man, I got a little tease, something a little fun on Thursday coming up. Ooh, little tease. I don't even know what this is. Get ready. Get excited. Uh, all right, so that's it for the show. Uh, Zach Dressler, Z Drizzle, great job, as always. Uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss. Like I said, Z Drizzle. Until Thursday. Ew, I just licked my microphone. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.